very aware, right, uh, for me and Michelle, there's a great season happening in our lives, and it's a season of grandchildren. Isn't that wonderful? And, uh, you know, you can have grandchildren, and then you look after them, and then uh, they go home, <laughs> which, is, which is cool. I don't mind them staying. I don't mind being with them, but, uh, but uh, there comes a time, I suppose, where you enjoy. And I suppose my point this morning is it's just kids. Hey, we're all a child once. And we've all uh, been a child, have children, uh, we're a grandparent, whatever we may be this morning. And you know, the Bible actually says in Psalm 127 verse 3, it says, uh, children are a gift from the Lord. Uh, And then it says, a a reward from Him. Um, And uh, maybe we've never seen children as a gift. Uh, Sometimes they don't, particularly if they're not behaving, you don't see them as a gift. But the reality is God says they're a gift to us. And the ability to reproduce and to have children uh, is quite amazing, isn't it? And so if they're a gift, I, I suppose the thought is, is that uh, they, they need to, they're valuable. If there was a gift that was, if there was the gift that was given to us that's the most valuable, it would have to be children. Uh, because they're more important than gold, more important than anything we have. Um, they're more important than uh, the stuff that we sometimes uh, so much uh, want to have in our lives. And, and they are a reflection of parents in their looks, in their mannerisms, of course, in their attitudes, in their characters. They're a reflection of, but we of us, and we can't get away from that. But I think they're, they're the things that we need to uh, see as valuable in our children. And um, if, if, if children are valuable, I also realize that uh, as I was growing up, as uh, I'm not growing up, but as I was, I suppose I was still growing up when I had my kids, but I I, I had this heart and passion to value them as well, to give them value and to impart into their lives. And so Michelle and I sought to do that. We weren't the perfect parents in any way, shape or form, but as parents uh, to guide them, uh, to give them value as we spent time with them, to talk with them, to love them, uh, to uh, just uh, encourage them, sometimes to correct them. That was part of it as well. And so while children are valuable, we need to also give them value. And I'm talking to you this morning about children because we have this precious opportunity to come and dedicate a little boy this morning. Um, Elric at Stead Camp and Elric and he's... uh, we're going to dedicate him this morning, and, and in a moment, I'm going to ask his parents, uh, Carly and Clemens, to come forward with their little boy. And, um, you know, as we come and dedicate today, dedication is a decision of the heart. It's not a ritual. It's not something we just do because it's fun, but it's a decision of the heart. It's not my, I don't dedicate today. It's actually our parents who dedicate their children. Because you may remember in 1 Samuel chapter 1, uh, there was a lady called Hannah who cried out to God and said, God, would you give me a child? And, uh, and, she said, and she said to God, if you give me a child, I'll dedicate him into your service. And God gave her a child, even though she hadn't had any children up to that point. God gave her a child. And sure enough, at the age where she weaned him, she, ded- well, she dedicated him already before he was weaned. But she gave him into the service of God. And he grew up to be a great man of God called Samuel. And uh, I think as parents, we need to appreciate and respect the opportunity we have that, you know, we only have our kids for a certain length of amount of time, don't we? And then we release them. You can't keep them at home all, all their lives. Uh, uh, they've got to be released. And uh, my prayer would be that we'd see our kids 
uh, as uh, we dedicate them and commit them. So I want to invite uh, our family up today. Are they here? Oh, here they are. <laughs> I'm looking over there. I'm sorry, Carmen <laughs> and Clemens. Come, come down. We won't make you walk all the way up there. We'll come here. And here he is, Elric. Come up here, Elric. Now, how old is he, Clemens? How old is he now? Seven months. He's seven months. He's seven months. Gee, this little boy reminds me of the little boy I have in Brisbane, <laughs> my grandson, uh, Ezekiel. He is seven months and solid. You look like, is he crawling yet? He is. Yeah, 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 yeah. The army kind of crawl. Uh, yep, I know that. I sometimes feel that way too. I just want to get down and. <laughs> and uh, but, uh, you know, I just want to uh, obviously, you, this is not your first time, you beautiful little girl as well, but, you know, as parents, uh, what a privilege it is to come and be able to have children. And as I said, they're a gift. And, you know, as a mum and dad, I, um, I, I just would encourage you, you know, as parents, uh, do you seek to uh, um, promise to be, try and seek to bring this little boy up in God's ways? And presenting before the Lord, that that's what you'd like to do, Amen, Amen. Well, I uh, he's very he's very much awake, isn't he? I'm going to let you um, hold him, uh, and I'm going to lay hands, and we're going to pray together. As I said, I don't today dedicate it. It's mum and dad who are doing that today, uh, and what a special moment to say, God. It, you know, I suppose in many ways, as parents, we pray all the time for our kids, but here's a special moment. We say, God. Uh, this, uh, we just pray your hand upon this little uh, child and they're, they're moving forward. So as a church, let's uh, pray for, for Elric and let's ask God and dedicate him to God, hey, as he stares at you all. <laughs> Father, today, we thank you for our lives. You've given us life and you've given us the ability to also um, give life to others as we are parents. And we uh, uh, thank you for this little boy. We pray for Elric. We pray, Lord, as your hand would be upon him all the days of his life. And Father God, that as he would grow, uh, that uh, he would, uh, Lord, know you. He'd come in to receive you as his Lord and Savior. And uh, Lord, and then as he grows on, that you would keep and protect him, Lord, uh, we pray. We commit him to you. We dedicate him to you, God. May he be a young man that would grow and, and love your word and love your truth and walk in your ways. Father, we pray all the days of his life. Father, we ask that in the name of Jesus and we commit him and dedicate him to you right now. Likewise, we thank you for Clemens and we thank you for Carly. Father, we pray as, pa as parents that you would give them wisdom and guidance and that you would lead them, Father God, as they seek to uh, love one another but also love their children and bring them up in your ways. We know that sometimes there's many struggles and this world puts many pressures on them, but may they not, they know your strength in that. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you both. I just, I'll shake that hand. There it is. <laughs> I actually have got a certificate and a uh, Bible for him too. So I'll, I'll pass it on straight after. Hey, bless you. Give them a hand. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, fantastic. Ah. Uh, I want to uh, just uh, start a little bit of a new series this morning, and uh, I wanted to uh, uh, share with you out of the Psalms.
for this series. And the uh, Psalm 121, I want to turn your attention to Psalm 121 today. It's only got eight verses, but uh, something about, uh, you know, there were certain Psalms written for certain occasions in the Bible by obviously uh, Hebrew or Jewish authors. Um, and they wrote them in particular occasions. And Psalm 21 is one of 15 Psalms that was written for a particular occasion in the life of the Jewish nation of Israel. And what would happen is, is that Israel, uh, after they came out of the uh, desert and crossed the Jordan, and they planted themselves and broke up into tribes all across Israel and formed that nation of Israel that we know today, uh, 12 tribes, um, they uh, then every year they committed themselves as a nation, every person, to coming back to the area of Jerusalem. And in those days, it was a little bit outside of what modern-day Jerusalem is. It was called Shiloh, where they had the tabernacle that they would set up and pull down in the desert when they traveled through the desert. Now they're permanently uh, placed the, the tabernacle now in a place called Shiloh. It was there uh, just... Uh, about 18 months ago with Michelle on a, on a t trip of Israel. And quite an incredible moment there. In actual fact, it was the moment uh, that in that place, Hannah, as we just um, talked about in regards to the dedication, Hannah prayed that prayer of, uh, of asking God for a child. And so um, uh, to get back to my point, all of Israel would three times a year come back to Shiloh and they'd have a festival, three different festivals at that place. And the first one was Passover, and then the Festival of Weeks, and then the Festival of Tabernacles. And three times a year they travel. It was quite a distance for some of them to travel. It would be maybe take a week or more for them to travel on foot and donkey. It wasn't no express, uh, you know, train system happening or anything like that. And so they to make the effort to come and celebrate these festivals. And eventually it was shifted from Shiloh, which is about an hour's drive from Jerusalem, into Jerusalem as they built the actual a permanent temple there in Jerusalem. And, the, and to the Jewish person, to come to the temple was where God was. That was where they came to worship God and honor God and exalt God and lift up God and to be thankful. And so the people would travel all this time. And if you notice in Psalm 121, if you take the moment in your Bibles, you might not have them there today. But at the start of this Psalm, it's called the Songs of Ascent. Songs of Ascent. I don't know if you've written, read that before, but in actual fact, it's 15 Psalms. It's Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, and uh, it's got every Psalm, uh, it'll have the songs of, this, of Ascent. And you may wonder, what is the songs of Ascent mean? Well, there's no uh, theological uh, uh, you know, thought behind that. It just, it just means this, is that Jerusalem was established on a, a hill, it's actually 765 meters above sea level. And so when the people of Jerusalem, oh sorry, the people of Israel would come to Jerusalem, they would ascend up to Jerusalem. In actual fact, in Scripture, you'll never see a Scripture that says, let's go down to Jerusalem. You'll never see that. You'll always see they went up to Jerusalem. And so quite literally, when you see songs of ascent, ascent means to ascent, to be ascending. And so they would just, they would sing these songs and quote these about these songs as they would travel to up to Jerusalem under that hill. 
uh, and they would sing them with all their heart, and they'd sing them over and over and over again. And you know what? It's interesting because as the Jewish people would travel to Jerusalem singing these songs, they would be remembering the faithfulness and the goodness of God to their lives, and they'd be repeating it and singing it again and again and quoting it. And no matter what the year had been for them, whether it had been a troubled year, a challenging year, or a difficult time, whether there'd been little crops, that, you know, a drought and, and maybe famine or whatever happened, they would still look forward to coming to that moment when they would travel up to the holy city, pilgrims up to the holy, holy city, and they'd sing these songs, giving thanks and praise and thanking God for His faithfulness. I think that's a great thing, you know. It's a little bit like you and I at Christmas time. We, ser- we sing certain songs that talk about what? The birth of Jesus, Christmas. And we bring those songs out and, you know, away in a manger, you know, we, we, and it brings back those memories and it focuses on something that's vitally important. That's the birth of Christ at Christmas, doesn't it? And it was a bit like that in Jewish times as they sing these songs as they come up uh, to, uh, uh, they'd, fl- uh, they'd walk up in pilgrimage up to the holy city of Jerusalem. It was a wonderful time. And as I said, no matter what happened, no matter what struggle they face, they always had these songs that they could, they could start to sing. Um, I, I think, you know, it's interesting because as they sang the songs, and, you know, so often sometimes God calls us to praise Him, hey, to give thanks in what? All circumstances, doesn't He? He tells us to come and give Him honor in all situations. And, so we, and you know, I think sometimes that's so important to be able to do that in life. When you're facing something that you just know is so difficult, so sometimes you just got to take your eyes off the trouble and start to put your eyes on, the, on Him, because when you do, you can start to give Him praise. It's amazing how, how uh, small that problem really is compared to how big our God is. So with that intro, can we um, read Psalm 121 verses 1 to 8? Here we go. It says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my what? Help, hey? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. That's a pretty good help. The creator of everything is my help. Have you ever con- contemplated that for a moment? You, m- you might think, well, you know, I've, I, I've got this person can help me, this person. Praise God for other people. But when we have the God, the creator of the heaven and earth, he's our helper. I tell you what, that's pretty good. That's amazing. Verse 3, he will not allow your foot to be moved. He will keep you. Uh, so he, he who keeps you will not slumber. God's always on the job. Behold, he who keeps a shell Uh, Israel shall never slumber or sleep. Verse 5, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. God's on the job 24 hours a day. Day or night, He's there. He's looking after. And then it says, verse 7, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. And, And then it says, the Lord shall preserve you. You're going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So here's this psalm. There's a lot in that psalm. It's a psalm uh, that they would sing as they travel up to Jerusalem. And you notice the very opening line of this psalm, verse 1. It says, I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? And the hills, of course, were the hills of Jerusalem, looking to Jerusalem itself. And so so to lift up their eyes, I I can only understand this, to lift up their eyes uh, uh, to the, the, uh, take their eyes, that means they had to take their eyes off their troubles, take their eyes off their challenges, and they needed to place their eyes somewhere else. And where did they need to place their eyes? Well, it tells us, it says, 
says, put them on the Lord. Look to the Lord where my help comes from. You know, in the midst of trouble, I think, you know, even some people today, you might be thinking, I face this challenge and this struggle and this issue. I tell you what, stop maybe for a moment looking at the problem and lift your eyes today. Just start to lift your eyes a little higher because your help will not come from that problem. It's not going to feed you answers. It's not going to feed you all that you need. I tell you, there's only one place. And, and, and the uh, writer of the psalmist says, Come on, lift your eyes. This is where your help comes from. So I want to talk to you today, um, today about three things that we need to seek God for. Three things where God wants to help you, your, your life today. He wants to be a help for you. Three things in, in, regards, in regards to this psalm. Sometimes, you know, we can feel troubled about things, not sure about what God you know, has promised. But here in Psalm 121, he gives us some incredible thoughts. Three things today uh, that we need to uh, seek God for. And this is the first one. It says in verse 1 to 3, I'll just repeat this verse again. I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber or sleep. The first thing that I see in this passage of Scripture is this. The first thing we need to seek God for is His direction, His guidance in life. Um, Because it says, note it says, He'll not allow your foot to be moved. The word foot means to journey. Often in the Bible, whenever whenever it talks about feet, it talks about direction and guidance and journeying and living life and moving forward. Whenever you see feet mentioned, that's what you could start to uh, communicate. It's a great imagery. Um, Often uh, the song, the Psalms were written with this imagery. It'd say something, but it was referring to something a little deeper than that. And feet refers to direction this morning. It means to moving. And then it says, uh, it says move. See what it says that? He says, um, he will not allow your foot to be moved. And the word move means to fall. He'll not allow your foot to fall. So listen to this. God wants to direct your journey in life so that your life doesn't fall or fail. He wants to direct your life so it doesn't fall or fail. I tell you what, there's nothing in the world that wants to do that for me, but I have a God who wants to do that. He wants us, because God has good plans, God has good purposes for every one of us. And we need to be aware of not becoming sidetracked or distracted from God's direction for us and God's guidance for us. Because who knows this world wants to distract you, take you off the main item of life, take you off the main things you know, I think COVID has been an incredible distraction for many people. It's not that we shouldn't face it. It's not that we shouldn't do all the things we should do in regards to it. And we've been doing that. But let's realize, don't let fear grip our heart in regards to this thing, hey? I know it's easy to say this morning, we live in country Queensland, and it's very easy to realize that we haven't really had any cases of COVID here, and it's not been a problem. But, and so, but you know, I think we've got to be careful we don't become distracted by, you know, all the things that are happening or what we should do and what we shouldn't do. Let's keep our eyes, let's lift our eyes to where we should have it. Get, you know, we can become distracted by the troubles we experience or the difficult things we face, or we become caught up with the world's traps sometimes, and we don't, we drop our eyes and we start to look at the problems. You know, the, the one Peter, Peter said this, the famous verse, 5 verse 8, he says, Be sober and vigilant, for the devil 
roams around like a walk, uh, roaming, walks around like a roaming, uh, sorry, get it right, walks, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Can you see this? It says he walks around. The devil walks around as well. Did you know the devil has a direction for your life? It's all down. <laughs> God has a direction for your life. It's all up. Um, and so it says here, be vigilant or be aware of that. Be aware of that uh, reality. The world wants to pull you. The enemy wants to pull you down. Psalm 37 verse 3 says, The steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his or her way. Isn't that wonderful? The steps of the, a good person God wants to direct. So the first thing we need to, uh, we could, we need to seek is seek God's direction. Uh, seek God for His direction. So there, you know, there's times when we don't know what to do. Um, and, you know, there's times when I'm not quite sure what to do. I don't think I'm the only one. Uh, uh, so what do we do when we don't know what to do? Uh, well, it tells us here, it says, lift my eyes to where my help comes from. It says, lift your eyes. That's what it says. Psalm 119, actually, uh, a wonderful psalm, the longest chapter in the Bible, and in verse 105. It talks about how God wants to direct our paths, how He wants to lead us and guide us. He talks, it talks very clearly. It just says something really simple. In fact, some of you possibly did it this morning before you came here. Uh, and it says this, Your word, Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my what? My path. He directs us very clearly uh, through His words. So that's one of the ways God directs us. It's just through His words to us. And praise God we have His, the Bible. Um, and the first way God directs us through His Word is when God is addressing an issue in our lives that we need to change. Have you ever read the Bible and you realize that's something I need to apply? You know, that's something I need to change. You know, if, have you ever read the Bible and you've just known you've done something that wasn't, you know, it was a bit iffy, you shouldn't have done it, and then you read a verse and it directly relates to that? Has anybody had that experience? Just me, okay. Um, you know, I was... It's, it's very true. God wants to speak to us, isn't it? It's amazing sometimes when you start to read God's Word. I'm not just talking every now, every once a month. I'm talking every day. It's amazing what will jump out at you and say, man, that's for me. <laughs> that's for me right now. And you know what? I've found that God's direction often comes through His correction as I read His Word. Because He wants the best life for me. Would you agree this morning? He doesn't want a life filled with heartache and sorrow. He wants a life filled with joy and possibilities and all that He's got. And I love the fact, I was last, uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, I, I, um, someone borrowed my trailer, which is cool. You can borrow my trailer. That's not a problem. Um, and uh, they brought it back to me and they said to me, we're sorry. Uh, what happened was we put the trailer on the ball uh, but we didn't lock it down. And uh, when we were traveling along, we went over a bump. We we're doing about 50 kilometers an hour. We went over a bump, and the trailer lifted off the ball and fell on the ground and scraped right along the ground. And it actually caught the um, power lead to all the tail lights and brake lights, and it kind of partially destroyed that. So there was no braking system. So and they said to me, Look, we'll pay for it. We'll pay for it. I said, It's cool. It happens. Underneath my breath, I went, Oh. Yeah, I've just been honest. <laughs> but um, I said, no, it, 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 and after an hour or so, I thought, it happens. It's okay. Don't hassle. And so I, I bought new wiring and all the new, uh, you know, stuff. And I bought new lights and I replaced it all and fixed it up. And, and, you know, for the last year and a half, I've been saying, I'll never do that. 
I'll never, I'll never have that problem because I, I just won't do it. I, I, I'll make sure that I remember to not only put it on the back of the car, but I'll lock the ball in. I'll lock it in. You know, I'll never do that. And all these years, all these months and months, I've been saying, I'll never do that. I'll never do that. And last week, last week, do you know what this is? This is what you plug into your car. Do you know? Do you know where this should be connected to the rest of the wiring on your trailer? So, so I loaded up my trailer last week, and I was, and I put the trailer on the back of the car, and I put the. Ch- chain on and I plugged this this one in and and um, I was literally doing five kilometers an hour I just went over a bit of a gutter and all of a sudden I hear the trailer scraping on the ground and I oh it's come off the trailer and I went round to the back how you know because how do you how do you get away with it when you do it 50 kilometers an hour and you just slightly damage the lead but how can you destroy the lead and cut it clean off this was sitting on the ground like this and only doing five kilometers an hour, it's because the trailer, the ball of the trailer bit landed directly on this cord and just snapped it, just tore it in half at that speed. And I went there and God spoke to my heart a verse I've read hundreds of times. And the verse was, pride, I can't say it, <laughs> pride comes before a fall. I said, God, what's that's not fair. Well, I bring that up. He said, well, it's true. You know, I didn't, didn't audibly, but, you know, I just had these conversations. I'm sure God is really clear to me sometimes. You know, sometimes he's really clear because I'm so silly, so stupid, so wrong. Anyway, he says, pride comes before a fall. I said, how does that work, God? And as I've been hindsight, as I've worked it out, you know, all the time I've been saying over these months, I'll never do that. I'll never do that. And I'll never do that. I'll never do that. I'll never do that. And then, and then I think in this last uh, a couple of months, I've been saying, not only will I never do that, but I'm better than them because I've never done it. I'm better than them. Did you, ever, did you ever hear that in the Bible where the Pharisees used to say, well, we're better than them? Do you know why Jesus was so upset with the Pharisees? Because they, it just wasn't that they judged, but they judged with this attitude that I'm better. That's a bad judgment when you start to compare yourself with someone else. Never do that. And so I find myself, in hindsight, I'm looking back and I realize, did I really do that? I start to compare myself with my friends who destroyed my trial and now I've destroyed it worse. Did I start to do that? Yeah, you did. And, you know, God spoke to me and said, I said, how does pride work? And he says, you know what? You become so consumed with how good you are and about yourself that you become slack and you let down your guard and you don't think about what you're doing because you're all consumed about, I'll never do that. I'll never do the wrong thing. And yet there's funny how you let down your guard and then you do the exactly thing that you don't want to do and that's what pride does it it consumes your thought and, and you know I'm just I'm, I'm telling you this is because God's word says something that I did wrong and he corrects me and I, I think God if there's one thing in life in actual fact for all of us if there's one thing in life that we're always having to deal with sometimes is that pride and ego issue isn't it and God directs us in life, because pride and ego will take you downwards, humility and forgiveness will take you upwards, and it comes as we read God's Word. It's found by having time in His Word, because His Word will direct us by correcting us. Another way I find that He provides through it directs us is found in Proverbs 3, 5, uh, chapter 3, verse 5. It, it's a well-known ch- uh, verse. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your what? 
own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him. He'll direct your paths. Notice it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean into your own understanding. So there are times when God will start to stir up things in your heart in order to get you to move in a particular direction. So times, so times you need to listen to your heart. Because sometimes God is actually saying, um, it's a form of desire that'll come into your heart, and He's directing you with that desire. I love this thought, because Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. I love that. What that means is He puts them in our heart there, direction and guidance, and those desires, things that are, He wants us to see come to pass in our lives. Obviously, some of our desires are not right. And they're the times we're going to decipher between what's a right desire and a wrong desire. Some of the desires are not correct. They're not put there by God, but they're put by, there by our flesh. You know, I, I don't know. Sometimes you can say, well, the banks are charging me too many fees. So I just don't like it. And maybe that might be true. Well, I'll rob it. That's not a right desire, is it? That's not a right outcome. That's not going to be, go well for you. Uh, so we've got to be careful. So we've got to choose and be careful. But, you know, I've discovered the more I spend in God's Word and the more I spend just with Him, uh, just in worship Him, it's amazing how much more He puts the desires in my heart. He puts His desires and He gives me direction. It's, I was facing a, a, uh, quite a big question and a big decision uh, when I was 18, actually 17, I had to make a decision on where I wanted to work. So I applied in Gladstone. I wanted to get an apprenticeship. And there was a whole lot of apprenticeships happening way back then because the industry was growing in Gladstone. And so I applied for three apprenticeships. I applied one for the Queen's Electricity Commission at the power station in Gladstone. I applied for an apprenticeship at Qu uh, Queensland Alumina Limited here in Gladstone. I applied for a position in the CEB, which is the Capricorn Electricity Generating Board in Rockhampton. And you know what? I got an interview for all three, <laughs> but I didn't go to two interviews. I didn't, I, I started to think it through. I said, how do I, what do I do? Now, I wasn't anybody special. There was a lot of people getting jobs because there was lots of work around. So um, I was, um, I had to make a choice. What do I do here? Um, and so the, the, the job of the Capricorn Electricity Board was in Rockhampton. I thought, oh, well, I'll cut that one out. I don't want to go leave home. My family are here. My mum and dad are here. My my sisters are here, my brother's here, I'll, no, no, I'll, um, I'll stay in Gladstone. So then I was down to two, QAL or the power station. I thought, you know what, I don't really enjoy caustic, so I won't go to QAL, I'll, t I'll take the interview, I'll take the interview with the QUC, and that's what I did, and I got the job with the Queen's Electricity Commission, and uh, the rest is history, it was wonderful, but it's amazing how that desire was in my heart, and it's, it was, I, I think in hindsight, it was a good desire, I think it was a God-given desire, because what happened out of that, that um, I, uh, I did have to go to Rocky for eight weeks to do some training for my apprenticeship, and when I was there, I met a young man who invited me to stay with him while I was there and board with him. He went to the Assemblies of God Church in Rockhampton, the Cathedral of Praise, it was, and, uh, and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and wow, God just put me on fire. I came back to Gladstone, I found this church, I went to this church, and uh, I just started to serve here, and uh, as I served here, they said, how about you be the youth pastor? It was a little bit more detailed than that, but it was, that's about it. And then eventually they said, how about you be the assistant? And, and that was pretty good. I thought, well, I'll just keep on serving. And then they said, how about you be the senior? I thought, 
okay, yeah, we'll do that. It was a bit more, more than that. But the reality is, it's interesting because one day there's a woman walked into this church and I said, and uh, through a set of circumstances, I eventually realized that was the woman I was going to marry. And so this place has been pretty good for me. And you say, wow, all those wonderful results from one little decision just to make the decision. It was a good decision saying Gladstone. Well, not really, because there was a whole lot of little decisions along the way. But you know what I found as I continued to read God's Word along the way? It directed me. It guided me. And a whole lot of little decisions that seem little at the moment then become massive as you look in hindsight to where where it takes you. I want to tell you, you're in trouble today. You've got some struggles today. Look up. Come on, look up. You see, we seek, if we seek, God, He directs your steps through His Word and desires. He puts in your heart as you do that. He puts desires that are good desires. And let's be honest, some of your desires are not good. Some of my desires aren't good. We need to realize that. Can I just encourage you something today? You say, here's the encouragement, stop it. (laughs) It's easy. (laughs) No, you say it's not that easy, but you know, you just got to see. Here's the second thing, and we'll we'll move on. If, if the first one was we need to seek God for His direction, the second thing in this Psalm 121 is seek God for His provision. His provision. Verse 5, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night. God's on the job 24 hours a day, morning and night. Uh, notice this, God gives you provision when you need it. He is your keeper or the God who provides for you. It says that He's your keeper. The Lord is your keeper. Um, it's in his nature to provide church this morning. It's his nature. His name is Jehovah what? Jireh, my provider, the Lord our provider. The Lord sees our needs. He wants to provide. But the thing is, his provision comes just when you need it and not usually before that. Would it be great if God provided for you six months before you knew you needed it? Or maybe he does sometimes that you, you know, I don't know. But usually it's just in time. God seldom early, but never what? Late. <laughs> He's a provider. Some of you could stand up here better than me this morning and testify his incredible provision. But we could see, you know, some of us were on uh, maybe JobKeeper and maybe, uh, you know, people maybe down south were on JobKeeper during COVID, you know, where you're getting a, um, money because your employer couldn't give you any money. I, I just want to tell you something this morning. The people, um, now that JobKeeper has stopped, but I want to tell you, you've got a GodKeeper. He says, did you read it? He says, you know, the Lord is your keeper. So whether you're getting job keeper or not, and no one is at the moment, he's a keeper because he'll look after you. And you know what you've got to do is you've got to lift your what? Eyes. You know, when Michelle and I, I you know, very quickly, Michelle and I, um, finally, we were married uh, uh, for four years, and uh, uh, they said, come and be the youth pastor. I said, yeah, okay, we feel that God is God's direction. Michelle was pregnant in the same year, so she gave up her job as a dental therapist. I left the power station in the engineering department. We came from a reasonable um, income to a quarter of the income. And you know what? We were not hassled one little bit. We just felt so comfortable in God's will. wasn't hassled. So I had a house, and, and, and it didn't have much in it. That's okay. It had, I bought the, the one thing I spent money on was a bed, and that was it. And then one day someone come along about it within the first year and said, how about you have this lounge? And they gave us a lounge. I said, oh, amen. That's good. We didn't have a lounge. We should just sit on the floor. 
And then, and then someone came along and gave us a bigger fridge. We had one of these little fridges, and they gave us a bigger fridge. I said, thank you. I said, God, you're so wonderful. Then someone gave us a piano, and my girls were all able to play, practice piano. And uh, that was wonderful. Uh, and then someone came along one day. I remember the day someone gave me $1,000. I was like, wow, God, this is incredible, $1,000. And then someone, maybe a couple of years after that, gave me $5,000. I thought, God, this is incredible. I'm better wage than I was at the power station right now. <laughs> okay, you're not excited. I'm excited about that. I remember I bought this, I remember I bought this uh, television. It was just one of those old box televisions, you know. It's just... It wasn't real big. It was really big and bulky. And we didn't have a television for the first four years of our married life. I tell you what, that's a good thing. <laughs> we enjoyed it. Anyway, I finally bought one. Um, anyway, um, and uh, <laughs> someone, actually, one of the people here this morning came along one day and said, oh, come, can I watch a game of footy with you? I said, yeah, 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 yeah. They bought this widescreen television. I thought it was their personal television. They've set it up. We set it up, watched the game. And they're walking out. I said, your television? They said, no, it's for you. It's new. I said, oh, wow, thank you. So, you know, it was just blessing after blessing. And I said, Father, you're an incredible provider. I think you got the point. You know, sometimes you're looking at the lack of money. I remember the days Michelle and I would go along the Woolworths Isle. We only had 50 bucks for groceries and we'd walk along and you know what? We didn't hassle. We didn't look at what we couldn't get. We just looked at what we could give. Get. And we keep within the 50 bucks and we were cool. We never, you know, we never lost weight. Uh, we had plenty. We never got sick that much. We were pretty good. Food was okay. 50 bucks was enough every week for the, those days. Um, so, you know, here's the third thing, and we're going to finish with that. If, if, if God, we've got to seek God for uh, His direction, and, and we can seek God, uh, seek God for His uh, provision. Uh, you know, the third thing is you can seek God for His protection. The Lord, verse 7, the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. I love that. I love the fact the soul is our emotional, our thought life. Our, it's where the real personal dwells, our soul. He'll protect it. Verse 8, the Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and for even forevermore. Isn't that wonderful? So many scriptures say that the Lord is our shield. I tell you what, it's not just a one-off thing in Scripture. It's not just in Psalm 121. It's everywhere in Scripture. God says, I'll be your shield. I'll be your fortress. I'll be your tower. I'll be your help. I'll be the, uh, you know, everything that you need. I thank you, God, for that. And you may be sitting here this morning, well, how come God isn't? Well, maybe that's why God's asking you today. How about you come and just draw near? How about you come and just see me and, and uh, look up and still looking at all that happening around you? Psalm 91, without going into the whole psalm, says he'll hide us on the shadow of his wings. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about the armor of God. Did you notice the armor is all on the front? That's because, you know why? Because God's got your back. God's got your back all the time. You can experience God's protection even when you don't realize you needed it. Have you ever had a time when you've come through something and think, thank you, God. But throughout your life, you've just probably prayed a little prayer, or oh God, just 
protect us today. And now that prayer is being answered. And you didn't even realize it at the moment. I was uh, reading a Facebook post from a good friend of ours. Some of you read the same one and responded and you saw my response. But they were driving down a road 60 kilometers, 80 kilometers an hour, I think Kathy said. And as they're driving, there's a car on the left with a blinker on. And naturally, you think they're parked on the side of the road. You think they're just going to wait till you pass because you're really close to them. But the car didn't look in the rear vision mirror and they turned in front of them to do a U-turn and uh, it said on the Facebook post that they just had enough time to get around the car and literally they don't know how they hit each other. And uh, I wrote back, that's exactly the same thing that happened to me and Michelle. Michelle was driving. She's a pretty good driver. And there was a car parked on the same scenario and this car just did a U-turn in front of us. She diverted to the other side of the road and I'm, I'm on the driver's door, literally sitting in the passenger seat in the drive. It's not the driver's door, the passenger door. And I'm watching the bull bar of this car just literally millimeters away. And yet we got around there. I reckon that angel was really skinny that day. He just put himself in between. He was about five millimeters thick. And he put himself in between us and he protected us. I tell you, we were going for a wipeout. We were going, <laughs> and my wife, uh, no, I'm glad I invested in her driver, driver training skills. No, I didn't actually, but she, but she obviously, I don't know. I, I just want to say, do you really think God protects us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why don't you look up every morning and say, God, <laughs> just need you today your protection. I don't know how many times he's protected me. We might get to heaven and he'll run a video of our lives and you'll see all these times when you didn't even realize God was looking after you. Why don't you give him praise now while you're on earth instead of waiting for heaven to thank him? Because I think he's more involved in your life than you realize it. You can't stop bad things from coming at you, but I want to say this morning, God can protect you from being hurt from the bad things. He can take it for you. He's got your back. He's got your back. Do you know the American Indians do an interesting, not so much maybe now, but like a rite of passage for their young boys of 13 years of age? They'll blindfold them at nighttime, take them out into the middle of the forest, and they'll leave them there, and they'll take the blindfold off, and it's pitch black all around. Pitch black. Can't see a thing. And then the father will say, stay here till I return in the morning. And so they walk away, and the son, as a 13-year-old boy, has to stay there. All the wilds of the um, forest are there, all the animals, all the difficulties, all the things are happening. And I can imagine for that little 13-year-old boy, there's the, the, the compulsion just to run would be very strong. And especially every twig that cracked, every noise that he heard, it would be to run. He can't see much, it's just pitch black. And yet he sits there all night, and the daylight starts to dawn, the sun starts to rise, and he looks around him, he can finally see his surroundings, and he sees where he's located. And as he looks, he sees a figure in the distance, and he realizes it's his dad, who's actually been there all night, with a bow and arrow, ready to defend his son, if that son, the animal tried to attack him. He didn't realize it, but he was there. I think you need to realize there's a God that stands just not so far away from you that's only too willing to be your provider, your director, and your provision, and your protection. But we need to engage Him. He doesn't come un un uninvited. He'll come when we invite Him, when we call out to Him, when we cry out to Him. 
He's the God, and you know, of everything that we need. And these Jewish people, as they would go through their struggles, and they went through some struggles, they'd walk all the way to the holy city of Jerusalem, and they'd sing this song, I will lift my eyes to the, to the heavens where my help comes from. They would sing it again, I will lift my eyes to the heavens where my help comes from. I will li- to the hills, sorry, to the hills where my, uh, my help comes from. And they'd repeat it. And, you know, and there was something powerful as they continued just to thank God and remember His promises and His faithfulness. God, You're so good. He is so good. So today, where do we stand? Do we look up or do we sometimes look around and be consumed by what's happening? Do we look up or do we look at all the problems? The problem doesn't necessarily go away, but I tell you, it's amazing. That's why I think it says in Scripture, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Magnify means to make God bigger. Make God bigger, magnify. Whenever I magnified anything, it magnifying glass would make it bigger. Magnif- make God bigger than what you face. Look up. Look up. I think sometimes we get so used to our own abilities. I've been in this problem before. I know what to do. And praise God you know what to do. Sometimes we get so distracted by our smarts, by our knowledge. Sometimes we get so distracted by, well, I can just buy myself out of this. It's not a problem. I'll buy a new one or whatever. You know, now all of those things are good. Praise God for smarts and ability and, and for the money and wealth you have. Praise God for that. But it says in the Word of God, seek Him first. Because I tell you, in the end, sometimes all those things just don't hold water. They can't bring you out of what you're in. And so we need Him first. Could you stand with me today and the team come? We're going to. We're going to sing a song of worship. Just, just as I'm here, just want to encourage some people because I know the stories of some of your lives. And, and God, we just want to say today, some of you have come from other countries to this country. Now, Australia isn't the best country in the world, but it was the choice that you made. And God would say, did you not see God's hand in that? And, and, and it's not, in no way is this a rebuke or anything. It's just a, an encouragement to help you realize the God that looks after you. Did you not see how we made the way possible? I know it took effort and it took money on your part to get here, but God would just want to encourage you today that even those that you've left behind, would He not make a way? Would He not make a way? Whether it's our South African brothers and sisters or whatever other country it may be where it's been difficult for you, God is able today. God is able. Some of us are facing relationship struggles right now. Don't you know that God wants to look up today? Beyond, beyond your, what you want and to see what He would want. Some of us are facing you know, a little difficulty over provision of finance. And just you know, look up today. See, He's a God of provision. It's His nature to give. It's His nature to provide for us. Father, we thank you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for all that you are and all that you do. God is 
you, God, you are always good. You're always a provider. You always have. And, and sometimes, to be honest, God, I haven't acknowledged you in that, but I wanted today to say thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, help us to now, today, tomorrow, not to be consumed by that problem and that issue, but help us to look up and find your strength and your promises to face that issue. Holy Spirit, come today in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's just worship for a moment this morning. Beautiful song as we close. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. And my God will never fail. Because my God 